Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson. David Reed is back in the building with us. Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny down the hall making the show happen for us. Sarah Triplett, our production assistant. Glad you're with us. And we hope you're with us on YouTube, on the new Outkick 360 YouTube channel. You can go subscribe there. Uh, subscribe and then hit the alert button. Ring that bell so that you're alerted every time we go live, like just right now, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, and anytime we post new content to the channel, you'll get that alert as well by ringing the bell after subscribing. Just search out Outkick 360 channel on YouTube. If you have an Amazon device, you can search out through Alexa, say, hey Alexa, search Outkick 360 on YouTube. It'll pop up for you there. And you can find us across all of the podcast platforms where we kick off today's show with an excellent review. We invite you to give us a, a rating, a review, and subscribe to any of the podcast platforms that you prefer because we're available everywhere. And guys, before I see how things are going this morning, check out this review that we had uh, recently uh, where I believe they gave us five stars. They did. You Much like the cinematic masterpiece, The Program, this trio has produced a podcast experience packed with sex, violence, and illicit drugs, in addition to the occasional sports talk. I want a nonstop 90-minute thrill ride. I want to issue a personal challenge. <laughs> Can you top this in reviewing us? I would like you to go to, uh, to Apple, and I would like you to offer us a review, and I would like you to top this. That's I, my challenge. I, I want you to offer something to the person who tops that, too. We need to come up with an offer. Like, that is so good, and it's going to be so difficult to top with the reference to the 90 minute thrill ride in the this? program. Like offering a prize? Is that well, like there, there are going to be doubters who think we set this up. David Reed came in. We haven't seen <clears> David Reed in a week. And said, Have you seen the, uh, the program review on? on the podcast and we were like oh god here comes a one star oh, review yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and he shows the five star review i feel like we would be more uh, he, he would have more urgency about telling us a bad review yeah then a good one so we're yeah. all me like oh gosh what did they say about my shoes <laughs> i'm fearful what did they say about hutton's beard what happened paul's ball uh, ball yeah. i'm fearful of offering a payola situation it's not payola I, i'm saying this is more of a reward for being clever it's not i i, I want to see someone top that because that's so good and if it comes close to topping it, how about this? We'll just we'll show it on the show. If you can write and give us such a clever review, then we'll actually, you know, I, just like, like we did today, show it on the show. I feel like right we it. can say this as, as we broadcast live across the Outkick OTT network on, on May the 18th. Screw Payola and screw Nielsen ratings. No, we're not that? a part of it anymore. Paul, are you I aware mean, of some I, rule no, that we can't? No, but it's unseemly to say if you give us a good review, I will give you something, <laughs> whether it's payola or not. I didn't say give us a good review. We said top that review. It can be clever. If you like us, then you're involved in this. I'm not saying go, go give us the worst review possible and you're going to win something. I'm saying get clever with your review, <laughs> and if they're good, we'll read them on air and give you something, possibly. We'll give you an outkick hat. Paul's very opposed to gifts. Gifts to the people. <laughs> Paul's opposed yeah, we'll to give you outkick stuff. We'll give you outkick stuff. We'll find it. We'll give you the outkick so, 360 So enthusiastic. <laughs> Paul, we'll give you outkick stuff. Oh. We'll give you outkick stuff. I, I, I think it's unseemly. Can, can, we, can I do something that's not unseemly? To, to yes, can, please do. Paul's very uncomfortable to start the show, so I'm going to make him more comfortable <laughs> right now by wishing my daughter, Everly Gwynn, Everly Gwynn Withrow, a happy sixth birthday. Um, she is having a big day. There were donuts delivered to her kindergarten class. She graduates kindergarten on Thursday, and uh, she makes me laugh every day. So happy birthday, Evie, as she turns six. Love you, Evie. Congrats. Happy birthday, Evie. And uh, I love your pre-pitch, your, your oh, at-bat routine. Fierce. Keep that up. Keep we'll, that up. We'll you have to you show have, it at some point. You have to be extremely proud when she gets to the plate and uh, – them. She bangs hats when She's she gets to the plate. Well, it's it's funny because even if she swings and misses at the first pitch, the, all the opposing coaches are like, whoa. <laughs> Every time when she gets there, like, all right, let's back it up a little bit. This girl means business the way she's swinging because she, she takes some cuts. When get she back gets to the fence. Back up. Yeah, it's a very – remember uh, Nomar Garcia-Para had like no. the yeah. – 
all the stuff. They all do it. Hers is less annoying than that. It doesn't take as long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's every bit as intense, and she does the exact same thing every time. The one that she does two warm-up swings when she gets up there, so it's tough to know when the, for the pitcher to know when, when she's ready because she's going to give you two hard cuts before she, she's ready to bat. It's fun to watch, though. Not fun to watch the Atlanta Braves right now. No. Uh, or that pitch to the face uh, last oh, night. Goodness. from uh, Get some control. Oh, come on. Webb hitting uh, Pilar in the in the nose. How many fractures? Uh, it just like, says multiple nasal fractures. Yeah, it's like four or five is what I, I saw the tweet. It was yeah. crazy. He tweeted out he was okay, which was remarkable. Well, he's, alive. he's okay in that, yeah, not, not in serious condition or critical condition right now, but he's going to have reconstructive surgery, I'm guessing, on his nose because it shattered his nose, the pitch. Uh, it was bad. What has Webb said? I, I don't know if he said anything. Yeah, the Braves bullpen. His is reaction bad. I mean, said it no, all. He looked like he's about to throw up. Yeah, on there's the mound. no way around it. Like it was clearly a mistake by him. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, in two back-to-back games, forgot to cover home plate because he was mad and frustrated after a wild pitch and allowed runs to score. Simon's got that. a kid like that on his team. Yeah, th- this he's kid, eleven. This kid needs to be in the minor leagues, quite frankly, and uh, that that's the position the Braves are in right now. So they're not very good. He's 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 just. All over the place. Whenever he's into the, into the game, whenever Webb's on the mound, the Braves are losing. Uh, that's that's what I've seen in the three or four games over the last two weeks where I've seen him come in in relief. The Braves are in tread water mode. I told Hutton, I told you just before the show, tread water until the All Star break. Get some guys back healthy. Now, Waskar Inoa, who was their uh, biggest surprise this year, breaks his hand punching the dugout because he's angry. Another sign in of maturity. Sunday's game. Yeah, there's there's some issues uh, going on there. So. Um, and the Yankees are a very mature team. Well, they're not punching walls and, and breaking yeah, that, hands. Yeah, that, that's true. They're, uh, that, and, and they're not hitting people in the face. So on those two things, I would say Paul, they're it more was mature. A, it's team. not a maturity issue; it's a control issue. Well, <laughs> maturity issues when the Marlins throw at uh, Ronald Acuna because he's beating them. I think control, that's a maturity issue. I, I, or half the teams in Major League Baseball who like to throw at Acuna. I think controls a, a, is a maturity issue. It's not a maturity. You get issue. more mature it's a and you gain issue. control. No. <clears throat> You think it's a maturity issue if, if a guy goes out there and just he's not very accurate? <laughs> That's not maturity. Well, it's a problem. Either you're not good enough and you don't belong there, or he, you gain control I'm because you become you more mature. I'm telling you, he doesn't belong there, but right, they well, don't have anyone else. Come out. Well, you got to have an arm. I mean, get you're going to have to pitch someone. Bring a position player up there to throw gas on the fire? I, I mean, know. I just don't want to see anyone dead, Chad. That, that's all. I right. don't either. Well, you we don't, I, I'm shocked, though, you don't want to see a Met dead. <laughs> I thought you'd be okay with that of all the teams. I, you know, it, it hurt him lower. Paul, he tweeted out that he's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you don't have to be fearful of this. He's, 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 he's okay. Fine. He's alive. The next time, somebody could die. The, somebody could die. This I mean, th- these th- things again. happen. Look, I, I hate to see Someone it. could get struck by lightning while um, they play in the rain. This is a totally different story if it was a retaliation pitch on something. The kid was clearly distraught about it. Uh, and did not mean to do it, and feels terrible. So I'm not going to no, sit like here. He's about to throw I'm up. not going to sit here and bury the guy and say he's got maturity issues. Because if he threw it his face, he's got maturity issues and should get a suspension. But he didn't. So I feel bad for the situation. Now the real question is: Will we see them throw it to Cunha tonight? Well, and then if they hit him in the face, then that's maturity issues, <laughs> right? We can go back and forth. If you hit him in the, the back. That's one thing. Yeah. Uh, we were saying the Yankees should send a message to the Astros. On that front, so we'll see. Um, I'm done talking about the Braves. <laughs> does Evie have Does Evie have They're her bad. birthday present yet? Evie has uh, three birthday presents. She opened this morning. Um, yeah, and she's got some uh, her grandparents coming in. She pleased this week. Yeah, oh, she pleased. She's fired up. Very. She's got pleased. a weekend festival. Oh, okay. She got some uh, shoes that uh, <laughs> I actually think the name of the shoes is pretty clever. <laughs> They're these. these. They're these yeah. right here. <laughs> Father daughter matching right. shoes. We're going to be matching. She actually, I actually got her these socks also <laughs> uh, to match with the shoes. No, the shoes are called Twinkle Toes. And uh, you know what they do? They're, the toes twinkle. <laughs> it's pretty great marketing, I think, on there and the people at Twinkle Toes because mm-hmm. when she moves, the toes light up. And uh, she's wanted these shoes for a while and she wore them to school today. She's pretty pumped about it. Uh, the battery powered ones? I have no idea. It's built in. Uh, guys, I, what don't, were the, I don't buy these. No, kids. what were they called? Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain <laughs> oh, something to Hutton here. When we were in school? When, by, when Hutton asked me, uh, LA does she like does she whatever they were gifts? called? I'm going to explain something for all married guys with kids out there or family members. I have no idea what she got <laughs> until she opened this morning. This is a testament to my wife who buys the gifts. I don't, oh, know, yeah. I don't know what she wanted. 
Um, I don't know what was in there. It was just as big a surprise to me when she opened it. I'm like, oh, look. Oh, I love it. It's Woody from Toy Story. I love Toy Story. Great. I mean, I think the dad can be just as surprised and happy to see the presents as the little girl. Oh, look, you got Twinkle Toes. What a great invention. I mean, that's how excited I was. I have no idea what were in those boxes until she opened it. Well, she's at the age now where she will remember the presents. Oh, Um, Oh, for sure. The marquee gifts. Like, what is it? Like, age four, age five, where you first remember your birthdays and Christmases? Evie is big into sharing now, and she's very sweet about it, even with her classmates or her little sister. So everything she gets, she had a chocolate muffin with a candle in it for her birthday this morning for breakfast. And uh, Lucy, her little sister, was, was whining about not having a full chocolate muffin. So she's giving her piece of the muffin, but she also likes to tell everybody that she's look being generous. Hey, mom, dad, look, I'm, I'm going to be nice and give Lucy some of this. Hey, look, I gave this kid that. So now I'm trying to have the conversation where, you know, it's good to be a, a giver and to be generous, but no one likes a loud, generous loud. person to go announce the world every time they do something nice for someone and then repeat it, you know, on, on, on repeat. That, that's not what people want. Can I get a one shot here? Evie, I really like chocolate muffins. <laughs> and I'll be here tomorrow morning. We do have one extra one. Mr. Chad could bring me anything you want. We do have one extra one, Paul. And we don't have to talk about you being generous. I can just. (laughs) We do have one extra. I'll bring it. The probably not. The fans revolt. Uh, Another example of the fans getting their way. We will explain in just a moment. I love these stories of fans getting their way. I love them. The NFL showing why they get their way with their players and the NFLPA, another example of the NFL winning the negotiation by a mile. Uh, And that example is with Juwan James, who was released by the Denver Broncos over the weekend. Plus Aaron Rodgers uh, and John Kuhn late last week, uh, who I believe Mike Florio called his surrogate, um, coming out and saying that the relationship is in fact, and he does believe it is, fixable between Rodgers and the Packers, and he's doubled down on that. So we will uh, explain and give our thoughts on the relationship between the future Hall of Famer and the reigning MVP and what the Packers are doing at the position in case he's not back. All that more straight ahead. But first, a great offer from Manscaped.com, the best in men's grooming. Proper grooming requires precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and the all-new trimmer. The Lawnmower 4.0 just released and it's now available at manscaped.com. With Manscaped, you have the right tools for the job. They obsess over providing the best tech, the advanced ceramic blade, and the skin safe technology. And the LED spotlight providing a more precise shave. And there are new additional guard lengths, sizes 1 through 4. It's waterproof, perfect for the shower, Paul, plus wireless charging. And a great offer, PK. You think that I'm a big shower guy? Yeah, huh? I know you're a big shower guy. Yeah, 20% away with off. Bath a year ago. That Here's is a it. nice high number discount and free shipping, all with the code OK360 at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com. Back with more in a moment on Outkick 360. Let's <laughs> Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick OTT network. I'm watching on YouTube where we have the chat going on for Outkick 360. John Kemper, uh, Outkick 360 season ticket holder, says the bald, the beard, and the chat. Oh, nice. you got to let me give behind the scenes. Uh, we're in that break, and Chad is singing Rise Up from Hamilton. He's talking about under my breath. I'm, yeah. It's not like a, no, no, like a not, Broadway production. Not like me. Belting I didn't stand it out. on my chair and like you know do no. all the motions or anything. Not, not like me. But uh, it, he's talking about how addictive it is and everything, and he can't get it out. The of Hamilton his head. soundtrack is the most addictive thing I've ever heard it's, in it's, terms of earworms. That it's you can't unbelievable. Get out of your head. But Hutton, very, very Hutton, as low key as possible without like turning his head or anything, offers a solution to getting it out of his head. He said. Try listening to something else. <laughs> when you listen to something over and over again, it's 
going to get repetitive Which and you're is, going to hum it and sing it to yourself. It's a great uh, it's great advice from Hutton. Before that, Sometimes if you don't you like don't radio shows, try listening to something else. <laughs> uh, it's not that this hard. Is, this is my and that's that's a great point. That. Especially when uh, <laughs> we hear this all the time. Boy, I I hate this. Can't stand this since someone left this. And I'm thinking, well, why why do you put up with it? Like, right. I love Dave Matthews Band. So I get into a Dave Matthews Band wormhole where I listen to all Dave Matthews Band for months on end when I'm listening to music. But I'm listening to different songs. So to Hutton's advice, I'm going to start listening to Dave Matthews Band again because there's different <laughs> songs, and I don't sing those songs over and over like the Hamilton soundtrack. So uh, Hutton, I'm taking See, your advice. I, I'm going the I'm other going way. I'm going back to Dave Matthews Band. I haven't listened to Hamilton in a long time, so I'm going back to Hamilton. So now Paul's going to be the guy humming Hamilton songs tomorrow on the show. Perfect. Full circle. Circle of life. It's beautiful. Um, now I've got that song in my head. <laughs> Is that a reference to the Hamilton show? No, that's no, the Circle King. of Life. No, that's, that's Lion King, King, which I don't know at all. And I think that got skipped in King. my house. They are. <laughs> Funny you bring that up. Uh, Barry Jenkins, uh, the director of this uh, Underground Railroad show that just dropped on Amazon to high, to high acclaim, uh, is going to be directing a new Lion King movie for Disney+. Plus. In Disney. They just did a new Lion King movie that failed miserably. It is amazing how quickly, if you screw something up, you just well, go do it just again. There was just a Suicide Squad movie. Like a Which year ago. Sucked. And they're doing another Suicide Squad movie because the first one sucked. Did they sign Margot Robbie up for I don't think she's... Ten no, films? she is in this one. And they're just completely doing it like the first one didn't happen. It's crazy. Taylor uh, on the YouTube channel wants to know if I've bought my DMB tickets for the summer yet. I have not yet. At the pilgrimage? Uh, they are coming to pilgrimage, but they're also, I mean, they're, they've released their summer tour, uh, which, by the way, uh, the tours are about to light up uh, even more because yeah. now you've got Fenway Park and other places opening up north. Let's go. Let's get them going. I'm ready for that Rolling Stones show to be uh, rescheduled at Nissan Stadium as they continue been, to earn interest yeah. on my significant investment. Yeah. That's and, right. And remember, uh, we, we discussed this, right, as COVID hit last year. Guys like, uh, and, and tours, not guys, big, massive stadium tours in general were saved from having to reduce in size down to arenas. A great example is Justin Bieber, who was really struggling to sell tickets to Nissan Stadium for his stadium tour for the summer of 2020. And that's because of lack of interest in Justin Bieber, nothing to do it, with COVID. It, well, on the tickets, right. And they, they went on sale right at the start of the year, and then everything shut down. And they were about to announce that that show was going to be moved because they weren't meeting a certain threshold for the venue. Um, so I wonder as well, things he may be back moving. Up, There's, uh, I don't sense any increased interest in Justin Bieber. He may be, have gone from uh, the oh, arena. I, to the, he may have gone from the stadium couple, to the arena. Now he might be playing the then. Ryman. Yeah, well, uh, the Ryman would be cool uh, for anybody. But uh, you know, if he goes to if he goes from like the <laughs> Nissan Stadium to Bridgestone Arena, that is a significant oh, drop yeah. in tickets. I, I just love the backstory of the pandemic caused this rush in demand for Justin Bieber tickets. <laughs> People well, like, I, I'm, I'm so ready to go to any concert. I'm yeah. buying I'm buying eight together at Nissan Stadium. I'm for using Bieber. him as the example just for stadium, like for if you're wanting to get out and go to a show, yeah, and you weren't buying tickets in January of 2020. Are you buying them now? Not for Bieber. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that, yes, there's going to be more people that are just ready to get out yeah. and be around people to do something. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to make Justin Bieber a stadium draw <laughs> across America. But, I mean, if it was still for sale at Nissan Sip, yes, I think he would sell more. Does he reach the threshold of that? Probably not, but definitely more. Paul, uh, an example of fans revolting. Yeah, so we've seen this now a couple of times. I'm not going to remember the, the best examples. Uh, well, Greg Schiano was one at, at UT. Um, where, and, and now the Super League in, in Europe with the soccer. Yes. Where fan revolt has produced results. And I, I think we like it, but I think it also shows yes. us an example of how these uh, teams and leagues don't think things out <laughs> and don't include the fans on the front side so that they don't make this mistake that they have to reverse on the back side. So the Columbus crew won the MLS Cup last year. All right, They almost left for Austin a couple years ago with the ownership troubles and whatever. 
they, they were saved. They're staying in Columbus. They actually have a new stadium coming. But they stripped this name, the crew. It's not a great name, but it had history in Columbus, their lone pro team. And they were an original founding club in MLS from 1996. <clears throat> and they became, and we've got a graphic here, they became Columbus SC here. They, we're putting the graphic up for those of you who are just listening. And the fans went ballistic. What a terrible logo. The fans the went ballistic. It, it looks like a sports center logo beneath them. Yeah, the, the uh, uh, MLS is not known for great logos, including the one here in Nashville, <laughs> I, I would say. But the fans went crazy, and two supporter groups got themselves into a meeting with D. Haslam and the other owners of Columbus SC. And lo and behold, the week after they announced they're l losing the crew, they're, they're back to being the crew, and they're going to change this logo. That little triangle in the bottom right corner is going to have a 96 in it, which was part of their original <laughs> logo that says that they're an original That's, member of the league. Why not put and they're that going in back. There. So they, they were going to be Columbus Crew. They went from Columbus crew, crew to Columbus Crew SC, but people were saying Crew SC too much, and they were like, well, Columbus isn't getting enough attention. Now they're back to being the Columbus Crew which is what the fans wanted. And if they had checked in with the fans in the first place, they wouldn't have gone through this whole process of changing it to where they're now changing it back. So they look somewhat sympathetic to the fans, like, hey, you're listening. But guess what? If you listened in the first place and included them in the yes. first place, you wouldn't have gone through this whole process of change. I have some thoughts on this. You don't change the name of your team unless gate and attendance and finances are so bad that one of the options to improve that and make a profit a or make a little money is to change the name. And if that's the case, I don't give a damn what the small amount of fans think. Right. If I've run a business and I'm thinking it's going to help my business and my bottom line. If the fans in Columbus of the crew are so passionate and spending so much money to go to games, there never should have been a consideration to change the name of the of the club, certainly not without polling. So that, but that's that's what I don't get. Why why change the name if the team's following can elicit such a passionate response that they're going to be so angry with the name change that you have to change it back? The decision never should be made unless you're going to be okay. The finances are so bad with the club, you're going to be totally okay with the diehards being upset because there's not enough diehards, and you're going to have to explain to them that we're trying to build new fans and make some money, and this is what's going to happen, and hopefully you'll stick around to see And it. also, everything's going to FC and SC, like Europe, which is, you know, a, I guess a nice trend that's making MLS more like Europe. But if you're one of the original teams that had an actual name and you're coming off a championship season and you've, you've survived this fight where you almost got moved to Austin, don't you embrace history instead of countering well, to go be like everybody else? My, my initial thought on stories like this is they can't be this stupid. This, this is a league 30,000 foot view of the Columbus crew telling them, hey, change to SC because we're all doing this. It's F SC United and what are the FC other? FC Real. Yeah. Th this is an MLS deal that went really bad and now they're correcting it on the back end. Because if you're in the city, you know what works and what doesn't, to Chad's point. You would think. They're not that stupid. And the league got it wrong. They were they were doing exactly what the league. Well, now I don't know this. I'm well, just D Haslam's that's the only a big thing part. that makes sense to me. D Haslam's a big part of ownership, and she's not in the city. She's in Cleveland. Isn't it also just a knock on your own league when your marketing strategy is to copy another more successful league? Like MLS is moving to a more European model with how they name teams. Why? Because European clubs are successful. Like I hear that, and I really want to get behind Nashville SC. And I can't help but, Paul, you know, you're big on I go with what's bigger and broader and better, and that's what I'm going to support or root for. And I, I hear that and think, how excited am I going to get about a league that had all these names for clubs and now all the new names for new teams are trying to be more like Europe? 
Yeah, I don't think you need to do it name-wise. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't combine, like, hey, we want to be like the European product, but we're going to be like American sports in terms of naming. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a there's a happy medium yeah. here where you can combine the best of both. It's it it's just very weird that they do it, and it's in, right in the middle of their season, right? Yeah, it's just all strange. And to but me, it's the MLS. I, it, it, you have to credit fans. The power of fans, fan revolt, revolt is getting stronger because for a long time, when would a fan revolt ever work? If you made a change. At something like this, the fans would be SOL, right? Well, After the fact, you could have protests I, I and mean, boycotts uh, and all of that, but a team would never relent and come back because we made the decision and, uh, and this is what we decided to do and we can't be told by the fan base what's right and what's wrong. That was the way it worked. This is a major sea change in American sports that now some teams will reverse course on some things I think it's a big statement about the power of the fan. Well, and pardon me for being the ugly American here, but I, I like my American sports American. And if it's Columbus Crew, sounds a heck of a lot more American to me than Columbus SC or whatever they want to change it to. I, it's fine to be that way. When I'm watching, when I watch this Formula One documentary, I'm watching because I love the European elements of it. It's separate. It's good. I like it that way. I don't want it to be Americanized when I'm watching that sport or watching that show. And the same can be said for soccer in the United States. Yes, if the European style of play is the most entertaining and best product, mimic that. But it's okay to keep the American <laughs> roots of how we name sports teams. Yeah, I agree with We that. don't have to go copy you know, a team in, in England because, well, more people are into that, and English Premier League soccer has a bigger following now in the States, so we got to do exactly what they're doing. Keep it Americanized in that way. It's also not a bad. I don't, I don't hate Columbus Crew as much as I think most people outside of Columbus do. Well, like, I it, think it was a, a, a name that the, you know, kind of was the name of the fans. Yeah. So people related to that because they're the crew. The fan base was the crew. You know, it's not it's like very the revolution. Mil- or the it's, 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 it's one of like five very, teams I could name from the. But beginning. why would you change also. it to something that's just very uniform and milk toast? That to me, it's because the MLS told them to. I, I don't know, but I mean, a team like the Crew, I think, would have enough power to, to have, not fall in line. They have to be the thrilled league. that they're going back to it. I would be if I'm within the organization. Well, I think you're waking up today if you're in management or ownership with that team, feeling very good about your relationship with your fan base now. And and also for a week, feeling you were sleepless because your fans were threatening protests and right. boycotts on the verge of opening a new stadium. I think they're may- maybe a year away. I don't know. Another another reason why it, that is so it's just so dumb, <laughs> right? You, if you're opening a new stadium, you're selling tickets. You know what your fan base likes and what they don't like. You should. You're selling tickets to that you new sh- venue. Yeah, you certainly should. I I do like the fan revolt stories though. Like anytime we get this, I, I enjoy it. So what's the most recent one that hasn't worked? like this because even like locally for those watching in Nashville the Nashville Sounds uh, the minor league team here announced a uniform change a color scheme change to the and color within, of vomit it, yeah it was really bad and within 48 to uh, 72 hours it was back to regular uh, colors uh, regular colors yeah um, they were tan what teams ever tan I don't know I, it, I just didn't the Philadelphia I'm all Flyers, for the fans voicing their opinion on this didn't the Philadelphia Flyers change mascots and it was a big joke across the league but I feel like the fans were outraged about the mascot change gritty. but they didn't change it there was something with that at one is, point gritty is I, I, I'm, I'm thinking with you yeah. Hutton I'm trying oh, to think of the yeah, last Flyers fan season. revolt to oh, not work they said Phillies uh, yeah I mean it, you have to tweet speak, us. You speak with your money. Outkick three sixty. All right, you speak with your money, and so MLS, as much as they wanted to change it, surely they they saw the 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 money was speaking to the point where they were changing it back to the crew. So well, the kicker in the story I wrote in the Columbus Dispatch was was a a guy who was head of one of the two fan groups. And this is a soccer thing that you like. They have these very strong, passionate fan groups that do hold power. And this guy said, yeah, I'm relieved not to have to be considering a boycott. 
You know, and these are people who follow through too on this boycott claims, as opposed to a lot of these that's, people that we hear. I, I, and that's, that's what I mean. That we hear yes. that say, "I'm never going to turn the game on again." Right. Who we know damn well turn the game and on again. Uh, these people are are more passionate on that level that would follow through on some of these promises. I just keep coming back to if the passion was there to elicit why a change, why would you ever change? I mean, if it was that, that you have to know your own fan base. We knew that the University of Tennessee fans were capable of a mutiny <laughs> with their size and scope. I mean, no one doubted that, right? You knew there was a big deal. But if you're the owner of the Columbus crew and you didn't know your own fans were capable of causing enough noise to make you reverse course, then that's a failure on ownership. Well, you just to got begin a, with. a big free lesson on your fan base. Willing to produce change is something that the NFL Players Association has not done in the recent collective bargaining agreements. They talk a big game going up and into negotiations, but ultimately the money wins out. And I don't blame them. They're getting, what, 49% of revenue. They're getting paid. uh, And collectively, they're able to go and play without having to strike or, or sit out with the walkout. But the Juwan James injury over the weekend uh, is pointing once again to the fact that the NFL, the most popular sport, their Players Association is the weakest. Their union is the weakest. And Juwan James, at the request of the Players Association, did not work out at the Denver Broncos team facility. Stopped working out. Stopped. He was there and, and left. Worked out in his own suffered an Achilles injury, and was done for the year. The Broncos waived him. They cut him, him from the NFI roster. for a while and then waived Non-football injury, and then cut him over the weekend where he would have made $10 million in 2021. That's no longer there. To the point where he tweets out to his own union and the NFLPA, if you're going to advise us, we need you to have our backs on the other end of this. Meaning, there needs to be some structure, some pool of money, some insurance policy for the players that they don't have to do on their own. Many players have personal insurance policies for the offseason. When you see these guys working out in Florida or working out at a high school area, they have insurance policies on their, you know, on their well-being in the offseason where if they get hurt and something like this happens, they're protected. Juwan James may have that, but not to the full extent of what his contract dictated and what the Broncos just cut him for. Paul, th- this is an example where the union should step up and cover players if they're going to give them advice of not showing up and working out under a team's advisement. So where if they do get hurt while working out, they're covered through their contract. Or at the very least, they've got to advise these guys at the, before any of this, like uh, as a matter of, of policy get an insurance policy you know because the league is going to try to 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 screw you if you get hurt off property or when we're making this big push for you to work off off property you probably ought to get an insurance policy because here's Juwan james saying hey nflpa if you're going to advise us uh we need you to have our backs on the other end of this and they don't have his his and the tweet below when they're referring to hamilton james hamilton uh, Deshaun Hamilton, I believe, tore his ACL while working out outside of the team facility as well. So, so a- mean, another example. It, it's just a, a sucky thing all around. But it is ridiculous. I, I, I can't imagine anybody would disagree. The idea that he is, and I don't think there's any reason to not believe that he is training for football, and he gets hurt training for football, mm-hmm. And he's out $10 million and he's out of work. I think this is a huge failure by the NFLPA. Not, they just negotiated this new contract, this new CBA, a couple years ago. And they failed to address this. Now J.C. Treader's out front. So they failed to address a couple things. They failed to address what they want in the offseason. Because they didn't know what they wanted in the offseason until they discovered it based off COVID. 
Right. And so now they want different things. Well, you just negotiated a 10-year deal, I think it opts out after seven, maybe. They can, yes, that's correct. Right? So you just negotiated a new deal, and you're already two years into it, you want something different. Well, that's not how it works. So, you know, you're kind of changing course here two years into seven years or maybe 10 years. That's weak by you. And you have to give something back if you want to renegotiate that with the league. And you haven't even formally said we want to renegotiate that with the league. You're just publicly campaigning to change the deal that you agreed to. And then you're, you're asking your players to sit out something voluntary, granted, but you're not giving them a recourse for the worst-case scenario that happens to Jawan James. Well, he's in a... He, Treader's in a tough spot because I, I think he's very smart and bright, and I think he's, he's said a lot of, of good things throughout this process he's about done the offseason. He's, but he's pointed failing to here. a lot of great stats and numbers of offseason training. Uh, the, the lack of preseason led to nearly 50 less concussions last year, and they, that, that speaks to the NFL it's also uh, where they don't have to change a rule or, or, or change a, a pad or a helmet. That's just less injury. Um, it's also comparing it to other sports. Sure. You know, but um, that's where you could have done it well, with the CBA. But see, here's where, here's where the difference is for him, and Kevin Mawai faced the same thing. The quarterbacks hold all the power in this league. If the quarterbacks got together and said, we're not playing until we get X, Y, and Z, the NFL Players Association would get anything that they were asking for. But the quarterbacks don't do that because they're the ones making all the money. They're making the guaranteed cash, and they're, it's, the, the, the veterans who hold all the power are showing up. They want this work. They're not going to hold out. Tom Brady's going to work out the park down in Tampa if he's locked out of his team facility. Well, he's saying don't go. He's saying don't go to these workouts. But in the meantime, he's holding his own workout, and he's taking his chances with the injury thing. Right. And he's got his insurance policy, you can be sure. The, the, think- the, the quarterbacks hold the power in this if they really wanted to get their way within the structure of the union and the way things are set up, they could do that. They could become, in essence, what the, the star power of the, the, the NBA has. I'm not saying we want that structure, but we're seeing it somewhat, and we'll see how it plays out with Aaron Rodgers, and we'll get to that in a moment. But we're starting to see this offseason, Russell Wilson, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and others who are publicly saying they're disgruntled, they're, they're, they don't like where they are, um, and we haven't really seen that on a consistent basis from that position group as a whole. We've seen Favre and others have contract disputes, but ultimately they show back up and they play. Deshaun Watson was having one before. Deshaun Watson's a good chaos. example. I, I think if you take the advice of a of a incompetent, ineffective union, then you are going to reap the consequences of taking that advice. And that's what Jawan James is right now. It's very unfortunate for him. But I, I don't under I, I really can't wrap my head around sympathy for the players in this. And, and here's here's what I mean by this. If I'm a player, I'm wanting every opportunity to be on my team's dime if I'm doing something that physically puts me at risk. This is like anyone who works a job, you're not gonna go do that job that could hurt you on your free time. You're gonna do it on your company's dime because they're gonna have you covered in that way. I don't know why it, it, it screams of laziness that they just don't want to travel or go to their team. It's a weird thing to say, I don't want to go to workouts. I want to do it on my own. I don't want to do it in the team facility. I mean, this would be like if we decided, we had nine months a year we had to do a show. And we did, got together and decided, you know, three months of the year, I, I don't want to come into the studio. I want to do it from home. And then my Wi-Fi goes out for all three months. And OutKick comes back and says, we're not going to pay you for those three months because you did it from home, but we had no content because you had no Wi-Fi. And then I come back and argue, no, you should pay me for those three months. If you're going to work out on your own and you're going to die on this hill and you rupture your Achilles working out from home because you're either you believe you don't want to go to the facility or you're taking the advice of a bad union, then you get cut. That sounds very cold, but that's the reality. And teams have the right to do that. And this is the weakest union in professional sports. And it is the strongest league. And I can't help but think both go hand in hand. Because the players having all the power does not tend to work out well. 
If I had to pick a side, this is not me saying, boy, I feel really bad for these billionaire owners, but if I had to pick a side about who has the league and the product in mind more, it's the owners. The owners have money in mind. And guess what makes money? Fan approval. People watching your games. People going to your games. Players don't oftentimes care as much about that. They want to get theirs. So when the owners win out more often, guess who else wins? The fans. It's why we all watch the NFL. It's, it's a better product as a result of this for sure. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But, and I'm not entirely sympathetic to the players, but here's what's going on with the players. It's called voluntary. That's right. right. But it, it's not voluntary, right? If you don't go, you're, 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 uh, you're sold in the media as selfish, as, as not caring about the team. Teams put that out in the current, right? This guy's not here. What's that mean about his commitment? So well, they, that's why they're getting the best of both worlds here. They get to call it voluntary. Mike Vrabel gets to say, I'm not keeping attendance. But if it's out that one of his best guys isn't there, that guy looks bad. See, and so the union Paul, does a bad job with the way it negotiates this whole deal. That's why the teams open the doors and want you to go cover these mini camps. Because I'm taking attendance. Yeah, it's the attendance fact. You're, you're allowed to say who's there and who's not there. You just can't report on what they're doing. They want you to let fans know who showed up to the voluntary workouts. Right. Um, so the that's players how they can't hold them win in, in this, even with it being... Uh, voluntary, and that's what their pushback you win by is. Showing up, but that's what their pushback <laughs> is because what they're saying well, is this is the every job push, in America. You have to show up. Yeah, but they push for more and more despite the regulations. And you see, some teams, some teams even push hard enough that they get days taken away, and they don't care. <laughs> they say, "I'm going to trade pushing the offensive lineman too hard for three days here. Get reported." to the league and the PA and get the other days taken away. And I don't care because I got those three hard days in. Now, what kind of system is that? It's a system of work and getting compensated for your work. I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to make – yeah, it's, they could change the wording from voluntary. But well, I don't think the amount of time they're asked to be there, given the offseason they have and the abilities to do some things on their own, I don't think it's outrageous. Well, it's not on outrageous, the but this thing where you push the boundaries, where the coaches are always pushing the boundaries. Can this be contact? Can it not be contract? Somebody's reporting us, all of this stuff. The players feel like the coaches are constantly pushing the limits, pushing, pushing, pushing the limits, pushing the rules, and that's part of the resent that's built in here. I think they've got a case on some of that. Not every team, but enough teams that makes it an issue for the union. And who's policing that? Well, they're NFLPA rep. Yeah, but it's not they're, they're, not, they're not strong. Right. But the, the issue at hand here is the union itself needing to strengthen by protecting its own players. I mean, so the next time this comes around, not in, in the, the players want to advise others not to go to these types of things. Maybe it's a different event moving forward. You could use Juwan James as the example here about how they didn't protect their own guy, one of the true veterans of the league, from from this type of injury. Even well, though he was training for football. Both sides can use it, though. Players, players can use it against the league, but players can use it against the union, too. So, yes. you know what? It can be used by either side against, against both sides. Coming up, is the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers fixable? That is straight ahead, but first, Renter's Warehouse, a great example of how they can fix some income up for you. Uncertain times in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and his status, uncertain times in the country economically. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Maybe if you own rental properties, you're having a hard time finding renters for those properties. There is a program going on right now at Renter's Warehouse you got to know about. If you own rental property and you need cash, and you're worried about receiving rent on time, they've got the program for you. Get the most out of your real estate investment by receiving a full year of rent paid up front. That's up to a year of rent payments in your pocket right this second. By giving your money up front, Renter's Warehouse helps minimize risk and provides financial flexibility so you can build long-term wealth. It is a win-win for you. 
The upfront rent program is available for a limited time. You can call Renters Warehouse Nashville. You can see the number if you're watching us right now, 615-398-9550, or visit rwnashville.com to see if you qualify. Again, the website, and they made this especially for us to take advantage of this program, rwnashville.com. Renters Warehouse, do it the Renters Warehouse way and get tomorrow's rent today. We discuss a player with a lot of power. Aaron Rodgers, next on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 rolls on. One more thing about the, the weakness of the NFLPA, and we all agree about its lack of strength compared to its compatriots around professional sports in America. So J.C. Treader and Demore Smith have done such a poor job in terms of being able to get something done here in revising the offseason that it's now left to team by team. So this is a union <laughs> that's failed in a, in a big mission that's left it to teams. So the Colts, the Cardinals, the Bengals, and the Chargers are among the teams, according to Albert Breer, who have managed with their teams talking to their coaches and their GMs to revise their offseason. The Colts have limited OTAs to two weeks. They'll be done by Memorial Day. And all their 11 and 11 stuff will be walkthroughs. And there'll be no mandatory minicamp. The Cardinals minicamp, uh, they'll have a minicamp, but they'll only have three OTA practices for veterans. The Bengals have eliminated full-speed 11 on 11 drills, and team drills will be done at walkthrough pace. The Chargers 11 on 11 will be at walkthrough pace. This is players, coaches, and GMs negotiating amongst themselves because of the failures of the union to be able to reach some agreement on behalf of everyone. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, you could say, hey, they're getting it done on the small level. But if I'm a player, I'd say, I got to do this myself because you can't get it done? There's just a bunch of tent poles, but no tarp. There's no, there's no umbrella yeah. over, overseeing anything. That's a good way to put it. And then if you're on a team that can't get this done because you're dealing with a coach or a GM who's less flexible, you're saying, well, geez, my buddy in Arizona's doing walkthroughs right now while I'm doing full speed stuff. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to do anything for the Packers? Full speed? <laughs> um, I bring this up because his, his buddy, John Kuhn, uh, continues to say that he believes the situation is fixable. Meanwhile, over the this past weekend, as we continue to go through the headlines from the past few days, uh, they have signed Blake Bortles. So they now have three former first-round picks at quarterback. Bortles is the highest pick among the three, surprisingly. Uh, so they have Bortles. And then there's another report out there that in trade discussions, if teams are calling the Packers, the Packers are requiring a quarterback in return for the offer. So my whole theory of, look, they drafted Jordan Love for a reason. I don't know why you would want a, a backup quarterback in, in a trade if you have Jordan Love and you're signing your other quarterbacks right now uh, during an offseason where you can get them involved in your system while you would acquire a quarterback right before the season in a backup role. I, I don't know. It's it, it, That's a little confusing to me. I was totally um, on board with you on that. I, I don't really understand uh, it. But the, the reports are that the you know the Raiders and and the Broncos are being told they need to return with an offer, including a quarterback. Well, I mean, if you're getting Drew Locke or or Teddy Br Bridgewater, I mean, that's a guy that would sit behind Jordan Love if Jordan Love's any good. Right. If you're if you're getting Derek Carr. He's pretty good. You know, to, to me, then you're stuck with two starting quarterbacks if Jordan Love is as good as you want. Maybe they're thinking we get another commodity, but see, that's and they've, they've had quarterback commodities in their history. But it sends a signal, by, by them asking for that in return, it sends a signal to me that they really don't know. And they, they, and they don't. They don't know what they have in Jordan Love because, I mean, he's been inactive. But they're the, ensuring you themselves. trade up. For, to get him because he was so good that you couldn't pass up on him. Where is that attitude yeah. right now? Well, I think they're insuring themselves because they know Blake Bortles yep. isn't the answer, so they want to have two. And then maybe they figure if Jordan Love is uh, is great, they've got a high-quality backup for a year, and then they're dealing a quarterback a, a year from now if they've got Derek Carr. You know, not so much Bridgewater or Locke, uh, I wouldn't think, but Derek Carr is a commodity. 
I, in a year. I, I do think, Chad, there is a line of demarcation with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers uh, from, from the trade element in, in this regard. And I don't know what the, what the offer would be for me, but there, there is a line in the sand on what is considered behind the scenes a great offer for a future Hall of Fame quarterback who's the reigning MVP to trade away versus an offer that's okay but it's it's more valuable to call his bluff and say you're either playing for us or you can retire like that there is value in that as well because you're not just trading away uh, a franchise quarterback with a chance to go in a Super Bowl to another team albeit what could be in a different conference my point being there's still value within the Packers and what they hold in saying play for us or don't play period we're gonna call your bluff on it and there has to be an offer and a line in the sand that they're willing to accept versus trade away just for the sake of getting something in return for a quarterback that's just disgruntled and you know you're going to move on from 12 months from now. I agree with that. I also believe that everything that we learn about this story comes back to just how dumb it was to draft Jordan Love. No one was after Jordan Love. They traded up to get Jordan Love. It was a complete shock. They drafted Aaron Rodgers in a bit of a surprise because Aaron Rodgers could have been the number one overall pick and fell to the 20s whenever they got him that year. And there was no doubt yeah. they were ready to go to Aaron Rodgers that he wasn't ready to be the starter. They weren't talking about trades for Brett Favre when he was unhappy to go get a starter so Aaron Rodgers could You're back right. him up. The Packers organization knew Aaron Rodgers was the heir apparent and was going to be a great NFL quarterback. They knew what they had with him probably from day one at practice. They knew what he was going to become, and he had to sit the bench while a legend finished out his career with the Packers. And now, if, if you're going to trade up and get Jordan Love, and a year later we're hearing these reports about they need a quarterback in exchange, it just confirms what I thought in the moment, that it was extremely dumb to draft Jordan Love. I think, uh, I think he's going to be there for the start of training camp. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I think he'll, he'll fold. Uh, he's made clear his feelings, and this will be his swan song year there. Perhaps one in which they finally go uh, and, and win it all. The pressure will be higher on them than it's ever been in this. Coming up, pressure on the Preds to win game two because they were pushed around in game one, especially in that third period last night against Carolina as the Stanley Cup playoffs got underway. The Preds, the, the clear underdog here, but a chance to win a critical game one, and they couldn't do it despite being tied going into the final period. Our thoughts there as the Tennessee Power Hour begins next on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day, and give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.